Hello and welcome to Born to Dance, the podcast for Matthew Bourne's new adventures that explores and questions why dance moves, inspires and excites us. I'm your host, Paul Smethurst, resident artist for New Adventures, and every week I will be chatting to members of our extended family to discover their journey through dance and how it has impacted their lives. We hope you enjoy this week's episode. Our guest today has been lighting up stages and dazzling New Adventures audiences over the past 10 years. She is a mesmerising performer, exuding the magical qualities we have come to expect from Matthew Bourne Productions, making performances look effortless, but carrying them with a star quality and stunning technical prowess. She has danced many lead roles through her time in the company, and of particular note is her portrayal of Vicky Page in The Red Shoes. She originated the role and went on to win the Critics Circle National Dance Award for Outstanding Female Performance in 2018. What strikes me personally, as someone who has had the pleasure to work alongside her, is that she simply exudes the love of dance. Her passion and joy for the form is palpable and irrefutable in her every step and glance. Ashley Shaw, welcome to Born to Dance. Hi, thank you. Wow, what an introduction. Very flattered. You're so welcome. It's it, Do you know what? It's been really lovely uh, to think back over the time that I've known you and, and have witnessed your kind of growth through the company and uh, to sort of yeah remember so fondly uh, when I first met you and, and now where you are and, uh, you know, doing all these lead roles. Um, and I mentioned in the intro, you know, you've got this, I think you really, you eat up dance, you live it. It's like, it's so part of your being. And uh, that's perfect for this podcast because that's what it, we're looking at. Um, <laughs> I wondered where, where does that come from? Where, where can you, can you pinpoint where that, where that began? Um, I mean, I think that's a quite a hard thing to pinpoint. It's, I think it's something that you're kind of born with. I guess people have, you know, different passions for different things. Um, and mine definitely is and was dance from a very young age. Um, I started when I was three. So kind of my earliest memories are going to dancing and seeing, seeing uh, ballets and things on stage. You know, all my friends were in dance. Like it's just really ingrained in me. It's always been part of my life. Um, and I just can't imagine my life without it. Yeah, and, and I think I feel like that's really clear because, um, yeah, it's not just when you're on stage, but it really is part of your part of your being. It, it, do, do you feel like it it has to be that way for you to be successful? Do you think it it has to almost become a a vocation, as it were? Yeah, I do. I do think you do have to. And all the best dancers I know, and all the top top dancers and top ballerinas they all like you said like live and breathe it um it's such a, a hard job but such a rewarding job at the same time that you really do have to give absolutely everything to it and unless that kind of comes from a place of pure passion and like from your soul it doesn't really work it's not something you can fake um so I, I do think it's very important to, to be completely enveloped in dance and like just have that as everything that you love 
Yeah, I totally agree. Because I'm so intrigued about where where that comes from, like, uh, uh, you know, and, mm -hmm. and how that sort of formulates. So let's go back in time a little bit. Uh, you mentioned that it was when you were about three or four that you started dancing. Was how did that how did that come about? Did you have family members that danced? Um, yeah, tell it. Tell us a bit of that story. Yeah, well, um, so no, I don't have any, um, you know, family members who who dance when I was that age anyway. I have brothers and sisters now who, of course, do. Um, but it was just one of those things, you know, my mum thought it'd be very cute to, you know, have me in a tutu and go to dance like a lot of little girls do. So it started off as very kind of not really anything that was thought deep into the future or anything, you know, just a hobby and she thought it would be cute. Um, but I do remember from a very young age, it's suddenly getting really serious. <laughs> you kind of imagine, um, I don't know, that you get serious about dance when you're older or like 15, that sort of age. Um, but I kind of remember even as early as kind of six or seven, you know, being put in, you know, elite troops and being put up with the older girls in competitions and different things like that. And so from a very early age, I knew like, okay, I'm heading in this direction, <laughs> mm. you know? Yeah. And do, do you think that's because other people were recognizing that you had a talent or did some of that drive come from you like were you saying oh yeah mum I want to do more I want to I want to really get into this yeah I think a bit of both for sure um especially looking back now I know that you know dance teachers can see from a young age as well that potential and that can be in a range of things that can be simply body type you know skinny long legs that's not me um but other people and they can recognize also just passion and musicality and love for dance um so there's different ways you can recognize uh talent from an early age um but yeah I definitely was the driving force and you know I would come home and say oh I saw jazz today I want to do jazz or I want to do modern now and I want to do tap and I want to do and then suddenly I was like doing a full-time schedule at six years old um <laughs> but for me um performing was like my favorite thing I loved being on stage I think the first time I was on stage I was about five well, properly as a solo, about five. Um, Can and you I remember what it was? Um, yeah, I mean, I actually can't really remember, but mm. there's a photo of me in like a little pink tutu. Um, but I just remember I love, I remember being super nervous and like almost not wanting to do it at first. And then as soon as I'd done it, I wanted to do it again and again and again. And like, it just started something in me. And like, that's still to this day, like, I love all elements of dance and I do love class and, and watching and stuff. But for me to be on stage is like the best feeling that just can't be matched. Mm. And yeah, it's so interesting that, that you were nervous beforehand because you didn't know what that experience was going to be. But then can you, can you, can you maybe explain to our listeners what, what that feeling is? I know it's really hard to kind of put into words, but what does it yeah. give you? I mean, I suppose it's different now to that age as well, but it just, yeah it is hard to put into words but it's a sense of kind of like freedom and everything just kind of melts away you know all the problems all the realities and you can just be this character that you are supposed to be and I don't know it's like an out-of-body experience you know being a dancer and being on stage and and then at the end like when the audience you know clap or stand up whatever it kind of shocks you in a way because you suddenly come back to reality and you realize oh yeah I just did that in front of thousands of people like that's not kind of what you're thinking in the moment you're just like enjoying it and um and all that and then of course that like reward at the end is kind of overwhelming quite mm. amazing and you still have that now don't you obviously not right now because sadly we're we're um, recording this in lockdown but you you still get that that feeling that buzz 
yeah every single time I've yeah. never been on stage and felt you know not great <laughs> like not in terms of dancing but like even beforehand like you can feel really tired or I've got an injury or a niggle and you kind of you can feel like you don't want to do it beforehand but I've never felt that during or at the end of the performance it's like as soon as you step out on stage everything else just goes away and um yeah it's like therapy it's like it's amazing mm. Mm. I totally resonate with that and it leads to quite yeah. a provocative question but and I think I probably know the answer uh but do you <laughs> dance for you or do you dance for the audience or is it um for both I mean definitely a combination of both but I think you have to dance for you kind of ultimately um which as you said we're not on stage at the moment so um we've really had to kind of look inward and we are dancing for ourselves very much at the moment um but at the end of the day you know performance is for other people it's a very giving and sharing experience um and it's always to give the audience something to take away you know whether that's some sort of emotion or um so yeah, I mean, I've just gone around the houses with that answer, but it is definitely both. But yeah, I I like to think I'm a very generous dancer, and I really care about what the audience think and what they take away from a performance. Mm. I definitely get that sense from when you're performing. It's you're creating a, a relationship with with your audience, and you're you're inviting them into your world. Is that something that you've had to develop over the years, or is that is that something that you just sort of know naturally? Um, again, probably a bit of both. I think um, I've always been a bit of a natural performer. Like I said, when I got on stage when I was five, I was just like, oh, this is where I'm meant to be. Like, this is everything <laughs> I've been dreaming of. Um, but then, yeah, you've got to develop your performance skills. And um, and I did a lot of my developing, actually, within the company. Um, Matthew's company in particular is very you know narrative driven but it's very storytelling so that's one thing that you really have to give as well because they need to follow the plot but yeah so I've, I've I was a natural performer but I've definitely developed and I think I developed more within the company than I even did at school say yeah sure because I, I know that Matthew really works with with you in in that way of <clears throat> you know sort of trying to um bring out that that kind of uh, openness isn't it and and that connection mm -hmm. with the with the audience I know that the audience is is so central to to his um to his sort of vision as it were so yeah. I, I guess it was it sounds like you're saying that but being in new adventures was like a continuation of like your dance training in a way yeah definitely like I honestly think I did most of my growing and developing within the company which you know I'm so grateful to Matt and Etta and the company for allowing me to do that because you know you think you have to kind of be there ready perfectly molded to then get in into a company and get a job um but they saw I guess some potential and they really nurtured me and um yeah developed me within the company and I, I grew by doing these roles by doing these shows which you know I'm very grateful for mm. Well, I'm going to take you back a, a little bit more, but we'll come back to that point in a, in a bit. Uh, so I'm going to go back to you in the tutu at that age. Um, had you had you seen much dancing before? Uh, was there was there a, a particular performance that you'd seen that sort of sparked this this love? Can yeah? Do you have an early memory of of, of watching dance? I guess is my question. I. I don't have a memory before I started to dance. So starting ballet was like my first point. Like we never went to the ballet or the theater. Um, 
you know, it wasn't something we watched on TV or anything at home. Um, so I started dancing and then I think we went with like the ballet school took us to see um, the Australian ballet at the Civic Theatre in Newcastle um, near where I grew up. And I honestly couldn't even tell you the ballet because I was so young. I'm thinking it was a Nutcracker or a Swan Lake or something, one of those kind of famous ones. Um, and I just, again, remember just being like jaw to the floor, like gobsmacked. Again, trying to keep, you know, three-year-olds quiet for two hours or whatever is, you know, <laughs> not an easy thing. Um, and I do remember just being, yeah, absolutely in awe and I just loved it. And and I, and I suppose that's like, secondhand stories as well my mum telling me like you just could not tear your eyes off the stage you were on the edge of your seat and you, you know I'd never seen that in in me before mm. yeah that's uh, such a, a beautiful image and that sort of started this this clear passion for you and also to have your mum's perspective of you uh, and that was that was ballet and obviously you said that you started with ballet when did you discover other dance styles uh, maybe watching is there a point where you were like oh this is contemporary dance. I, I, I've never seen this before. Is if you've got a memory of that? Well, to be perfectly honest, I didn't really see or get into kind of proper contemporary contemporary dance till much, much later. Um, mm. I was definitely like a bunhead growing up. Ballet was like <laughs> my main focus. Um, and then I absolutely adored musical theatre. Like that was my other like favourite thing to go and watch. Um, which I always think is quite funny now because I do think Matt stuff is a bit of a mix of like ballet and musical theatre but without the words and singing um but yeah I didn't see a whole lot of contemporary dance really until I I moved over from Australia to England and I went to Elmhurst um school for dance in Birmingham and they took us to quite a few a few productions um mm. and that's when I sort of got intrigued and then in my second year um again I hadn't really seen any of math, math stuff either um they took us to see the Carman. Um, and that for me was like a total epiphany turning point moment. I, I remember watching it probably very similar as I did as a three-year-old on the edge of my seat, like eyes glued to the stage. And I just thought, this is it. This is what I want to do. Um, you know, cause when you're kind of 15, 16 in a ballet school, you know, teachers are all telling you, you've got to send your resumes here and you've got to do this and you've got to do that. And it's super stressful to think, oh, what companies am I right for? What country do I want to live in? You know, all those questions. And I saw that company, I went, that's the one. This is it. <laughs> do you, why? I, I'm, yeah. Do you, can you explain why? What was it in that moment that just was that light bulb um, experience? Well, I think, like I said, I was pretty, you know, totally focused on ballet and if I was truthfully honest with myself I wasn't sure that that was for me you know um and I mean I adore ballet I love ballet even still um but it was also about being a bit honest I wasn't sure that I was going to be um as a great ballerina which is what I wanted to be mm. um and then when I saw that stuff and it was like, like I said, a combination of a bit of jazz, a bit of acting, a bit of ballet, a bit of contemporary, all mixed into one. And that's what I'd done my whole life. I was suddenly like, yes, like, why do I have to choose one of those things when I can do all of them in one company? Mm. Um, and, and even the acting side of it, I think that's what struck me the most, you know, um, in ballet as well, a lot of things are kind of mimed um, rather than actually acted. Um, and, you know, in Carmen, obviously, <laughs> you've seen it and, like, covered in blood and everyone's <laughs> like, it's it's graphic and it's so different to anything I'd seen in theatre. And I was just like, wow. Yeah, I was really blown away by it. 
I'm going to come back to that um, because, yeah, I, I really want to delve into that a little bit more. But there's so many good things, little tidbits that we can that we can pick up on here in this conversation. Uh, yeah. Musical theatre being a passion. Did you did you do musical theatre at, at school? Was that something that you were involved in? I'm intrigued. I don't know this. I don't know this <laughs> side of to you. Do you know what? I never did. And that is one of my like regrets, I suppose. I'm like, mum, why don't you put me in singing? Like, I would have loved that. And it sounds like you were pretty busy doing <laughs> doing all your it's, dancing. <laughs> it's true. And um, but yeah, I was like, so even, you know, as a young age, I was such like a loved Disney and was constantly singing and dancing around the house. Like, I really think that could have been also a, a path for me. Actually, there's um, still yeah, time. I never did there's it. still time. There's still time. Still That's young. Great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Disney um, princess yeah. just on the horizon I can feel it <laughs> well, I've got to play a few I've got to be Cinderella and Aurora so I'm, I'm slowly you. ticking away <laughs> um but yeah so I, I did I love music theater but I never did it I think you know especially um dance teachers were quite kind of protective of like they were like no you're going to be a ballerina you're going to do this I remember I loved tap when I was young and I think they made me quit at like eight or something because they were like no because you need strong ankles for point and weak ankles you know loose ankles mm. for tap mm. they made me quit tap <laughs> um so I feel like dancers really kind of put uh teachers rather push me in certain directions how do you how do you feel about that looking looking back I know hindsight's a beautiful thing but um mm. yeah I'm just curious about your perspective on that now well I mean I'm more than happy with where I am and how my career's gone so I, I wouldn't change anything for fear that it would change where I am now um tap I don't think was ever in my great destiny if I'm honest <laughs> but like I said the only thing I would change I would love to have done more singing and maybe more acting as well um growing up because it's something that I love so much now and you know which just would have been nice to do do you have a favorite musical oh I've got so many um Give me, but like top three um, I love Waitress. It's one of my all-time favourites. Um, I love Les Mis. Um, and I love Hamilton. Pretty obvious one, but... Yeah. Nice. Oh, very eclectic. <laughs> what a, what a know, nice range. I love there. that. Yeah, very good mix. Yeah. We dream of a brand new star. But we dream in the dark for the most part. Dark as a tomb where it happens. I've got to be in the road. people listening have cottoned on to the fact that you're Australian uh, and you, do, you did mention that uh, and I don't know the Australian education system is do you dance at, at school is that is that on the curriculum is dance and the arts an important thing in the in the kind of education system over there um so we don't really do it in kind of normal schooling no um I when I went into high school I went to a performing arts high school so that's when it kind of became part of schoolwork as well um and it, it's quite different in Australia we don't have kind of these great uh vocational schools like you have over here like Royal Ballet School English National all those ones um I think we have Australian Ballet and that's literally it and if you think about how massive Australia is <laughs> that's mm. not um a lot so what what people do is they go to their local dance schools after school and then if you're you know particularly talented and you want to make a career out of it you go full time um, which is what I did at 13. So I was full-time for two years before I moved to Elmhurst. 
Um, and so you set up doing homeschooling basically. So it's all kind of done separately. And so I did um, my schoolwork by correspondence for two years. Wow. Tell us a bit um, more about that. So you were doing, you were doing your dance classes like sort of full time in the day and then doing your schoolwork around that? Yeah, exactly. So it, I suppose my training was very similar to vocational school. Like, you know, show up at eight, you'd have Pilates class, point, repertoire, pas de deux, jazz, contemporary solos, like all through the day, like full-time dance training, um, doing all your RED exams, all that. And then my dance school was about an hour and a half away from where I live. So I had to get a bus to and from, and I would do my schoolwork on the bus, um, you know, 6.30 in the morning. And then again in the evening, quite late. Um, And yeah, that was quite tough because, I mean, showing my age a bit, but it was, you know, before it was like Zoom, there was no kind of like, um, you know, smartphones, you couldn't go on the internet, like on the way home or anything. It was um, old school schoolwork. Mm. And how did you, how did you handle that? Like, I guess you don't know any differently. You were just doing it, weren't you? But did you, how did you find that balance? Was it, was it a strain on you? Um, Yeah, I mean, it was a very busy time. I will admit my dancing took priority over my schoolwork so it was always the first thing to kind of drop off um but you know I did all my exams and I did um you know my GCSE equivalents and A-level equivalents um in Australia um so I got it done and I passed and (laughs) did well and haven't really needed to use it since um so I'm glad I focused on dance but yeah it was tough it was it was a busy time and you mentioned uh, about competitions, uh, and I know that you've you've done a few competitions in your time, and some of our listeners might not necessarily know about that world. So, yeah, what what was that like? I know that you went to did you go to Athens for a for a, for mm-hmm. a big competition? Yeah, just tell us a little bit about what what that what that world is. Well, yeah, Australia is big on competitions, um, Estedfords in particular, as we call them, um, but there there are like a major thing that we kind of train in our whole year works around um like the biggest headfords um and any kind of well-known Australian dancer will have been through it um right. you know even I see on Instagram I'm always like oh you guys did the new Stedford too like we've been there at the same time <laughs> um and yeah so it's quite good so from a young age I think particularly Australians which is why most Australians I know are quite good at performing is because we're thrown on stage from a young mm. age and then consistently for a very long time Mm. um I have really good memories of competitions like nothing you know bitter or horrible and you meet people and you get to perform um it's brilliant and yeah the one you're talking about in Athens I did the Gene um Mm. competition which is an RAD um like worldwide competition um I've did it three times actually once in London once in Athens once in Hong Kong (gasps) so yeah it, cha- it comes back to the RAD in London each year and then each other year it's in a foreign country so I mean that was the most amazing experience I did Jenna in Athens when I was 14 <gasps> so like so young um and it was just the best experience ever no I can imagine did you did I'm guessing your your mum or someone from your family came with you and um was that one of the first times you you'd left Australia yeah it was it hilariously it was the first time I'd left Australia, the first time my mum had left Australia. <gasps> wow. Yeah, at like, you know, 38 or whatever she would have been. Um, what a place yeah, to go actually, to as well. I know, we actually came to London first. So London was our first port of call and then we went on to Athens. And once again, I remember just being like, oh my God, I love London. I fell in love with it. We were here for like three days. It was very short. Um, and I was like, this is where I'm going to live. This is where I'm going to dance. 
Mm, it's so interesting yeah. all of these things sort of feeding feeding into your story and they end up kind of like appearing or manifesting in a, in a certain way uh mm -hmm. do you believe oh, here's a here's a big profound question do you believe in in faith and things working that way or or do you think that you were quite sure about how you wanted your life to to sort of you know manifest um I mean, I think everything does happen for a reason and there is kind of like a bigger force that's kind of guiding your way. But it's interesting that you bring up manifesting because I was thinking about this the other day. I remember at Elmhurst, um, not long after I'd seen The Carmen, um, I was reading the book The Secret, which is, you know, all about, you know, manifesting and bringing things into your life. And I remember I went onto the Matthew Vaughan website, the New Adventures website, and I printed out the cast list. And I edited and put my name in the cast list in the alphabetical order where I would have been. And I used to have it up on my wall um, at, at college. And I remember it was alphabetical in first name. So I was under Ashley Bain at the time. I really remember that. Um, and yeah, I had that up on my wall for ages. And I just, so I always look back at that. And I think, yeah, I like made that happen. <laughs> that is, I love that story so much. And it must be such a pinch me moment still that, you know, you got to do that show and you also got yeah. to play Lana. You got to play one of the main roles. I mean, when you eventually got into the company and got to do that show, you know, what, what was that feeling? That I mean, yeah. yeah, it was like you said, like that full circle moment was, was incredible. Um, and I remember when I saw the Carmen, I, it was Michaela Miazza who played um, Lana first time I saw it, who's, you know, brilliant. I've always looked up to and then got to, forward since um but she's very kind of tall and long and lanky which is quite opposite to me so I never really thought that Lana would be in my in my casting bracket in some ways just because we were so different in mm. in look um so even when Matt kind of we had our Matt chat as we do um he just was like you know your personality and your performance is very Lana I was like yes I'm glad that he thought that um because yeah I, I mean it was something I always wanted but I wasn't sure if it was going to be my casting bracket because I'm probably more of a Rita in terms of like I said height and look and whatever mm. um so yeah I was absolutely buzzing when he saw me as that mm. and yeah. I think that really is, is a testament to how Matthew works as a director and you know he really it is about being able to carry the character isn't it rather than necessarily an aesthetic exactly yeah um and then obviously, so you went to Athens and you went to um, Hong Kong. So did that give you a taste of, oh, I can I can travel. I'd love to travel and see the world a little bit more because I because I, I might be speaking out of turn. But I my experience of Australia is that quite a few, quite a lot of people don't really leave Australia because there's, you know, it's so huge and there's so much to discover there. And why would you? Because it's sunny and beautiful. <laughs> um, <laughs> is that something that you were like, oh, no, I really want to want to travel? Yeah, well, and it's one of those things, like you said, you kind of travel once and then you get the bug so yeah like I said I didn't leave Australia till I was 14 and my mum much later because like you said we used to holiday within Australia um everywhere is a minimum of an eight hour flight away <laughs> um uh but yeah then once uh once I left I was like yeah I desperately wanted to see the world and then that was another massive draw of new adventures is that we're a touring company and I and I love that you know, even within the UK, especially not being from the UK, getting to see all these amazing cities and and taking it to different audiences. I just love being a touring company. Where do you like to where do you like to tour to in the UK? Um, well, I always I always love Plymouth because we're always open there. So it's like, I don't know, I have a really great feeling whenever I go there. Um, 
I love anywhere with a good night out. So Newcastle, Liverpool, those kind of places. <laughs> yeah. We always have the most fun. Um, oh gosh, I feel so long since I've been anywhere, hasn't it? But um, Bristol's lovely. Um, Edinburgh. Uh, yeah. You love it all. Amazing. Love it all. I do. I love it all. <laughs> <laughs> do you do you feel this is going off on a tangent now but do you feel do you feel like you're kind of you've been um adopted by the UK do you feel like you're you like you know sort of part of the UK now yeah 100% I mean I've lived over here now I think slightly longer than I lived in Australia because I moved when I was 15 so giving away my age there um but yeah so I've been here just as long if not longer um you know my dream company's here I'm engaged I've got a dog like my whole life's here um so it's, it's a struggle because I always feel like when I'm in Australia I miss here and when I'm here I miss Australia um so I'm definitely kind of pulled in two directions but um I consider myself a Brit now yeah despite the I accent love that. well we're we love having you here um <laughs> and is that really takes me on to my next question perfectly um I mentioned the role of Vicky Page in the introduction which you know you were so incredible in and uh I think it's really pertinent pertinent to bring that character up in the context of this podcast because the character has such a huge passion for dance and but she's really torn between her her career and her life and I I guess I was wondering like do you do you find you've got any parallels with with Vicky when you know when you were researching that that part and and do you have you had to make any sacrifices to sort of achieve those uh, those dreams yeah well Vicky was certainly um probably a character that I can relate most to out of all the characters I've played um mostly because she's a dancer and you know she wants to be great and she's super passionate about it um so yeah it wasn't really hard to to understand her as a character that's for sure um and yeah, I think every dancer has to make sacrifices um, for this career, you know, as early as, you know, missing out on a friend's birthday party because you've got dance training um, to then, yeah, I moved literally across the other side of the world. Um, and that was really tough at 15. I remember for a long time I was like, oh, gosh, am I doing the right thing? Like I miss my family a lot. Um, I'm the eldest of six kids. So we've got big family. It's a really big part of my life. Um, why did, and for can a long I just ask why you why you made that decision? Why why did you go? Yeah, I'm going to move to Birmingham at 15. Where did, <laughs> where did yeah. that come from? <laughs> um, well, it's funny because, like I said before, there's not many big vocational schools in Australia, and there's not many companies, to be honest. Um, considering how much talent they have out there, um, so it's really really common for um, Australian dancers to move overseas when they're 15 to do their kind of um, sixth form training um and so it was just kind of the done thing and again I'm, I'm the first one in my family to dance so my mom just kind of did as she was told by my dance teachers and things um and I knew a couple of girls who had gone to Elmhurst and it's when they just moved to Birmingham and they had the new facility and they had all these, a new director and um it was just supposed to be a really great school um so it was one of those things that kind of like just snowballed and then suddenly I was there like without really I mean obviously we thought about it but it just kind of happened before before you could blink really um and it was just a done thing um and so it wasn't until I was in in Birmingham that I was like oh my god what have I done and then I, I felt a huge amount of pressure to, to succeed as well because it was sure. you know a massive move and it cost my parents a lot of money and mm. 
which you know in some ways could have been a good drive but I did think like I have to make this work like I cannot fail here it's such a big big sacrifice um so that's definitely my biggest sacrifice for dance for sure and it still is this day like I said I always feel a little bit torn like my brother had a baby two weeks ago and I'm like desperate (laughs) yeah so cute so I'm desperate to see her and who knows when I'll be able to meet her um so yeah there's definitely things that we give up um and yeah, can relate to Vicky Page, that's for sure. But it's mm. all worth it. It is. <laughs> I was going to say, it sounds like it sounds like it it is worth that because you are doing, you are living your dream, and you are making it work. And uh, you, you were back in Australia, weren't you? So, um, you, are you in London now? I'm just checking. It's not like I am, yeah. the middle of the night <laughs> or something. Yeah. Um, so when the first lockdown hit, you you went back, didn't you, to recover from your operation? Um, how 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 is is your was it your ankle how 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 are you doing it was yes i'm doing good actually yeah. um once again it was a little bit of a a blessing in disguise for me it was an operation that i needed for a little while and i was kind of waiting for the right moment to get it done so it wasn't something that was pressing that i needed to do like immediately it was like the doctor was like you need to get this sorted in the next kind of year or so and i was like oh gosh i'm so busy when's that going to be um and then the pandemic hit, which was horrible. And I was like, oh, brilliant. I'll get my operation done. Yeah. Um, but I couldn't get it done over here because um, obviously the hospitals were overrun, um, you know, with the virus and things. So I actually went home to have the operation because Australia was, um, you know, much less affected. Mm. Um, so I had I had it done at home and it was quite a lovely recovery at home and the sunshine and um, <laughs> all that. So I'm absolutely fine now and I'm Great. ready to get back on stage. Yes, ready and raring, I bet. Yeah. Uh, I'm so glad that you're doing okay. And uh, I know that this time has been really challenging for freelance artists and theatre workers, but I was wondering, um, you know, you, I, you sound like you're, you're such a person that finds the silver linings and finds the optimism. What is it that you're hopeful for in, the, in your future and excited about in terms of, in terms of dance and your career? Um, I mean, at this point, I'm just really excited for theatre to come back. And, you know, we've all missed it so much. I'm just so excited to get back on stage. Um, I love new adventures. I don't think I'll ever, you know, leave. <laughs> until I'm kicked out <laughs> um so you know my ambitions even for the future are, you know what I've been doing I absolutely love this company and I love what we do and I just want to keep keep dancing as long as my body will allow um and as long as Matt will have me so I uh, just I just want theatre to come back so we can just pick up where we left off really so new adventures such a big part of your life we'd love to delve a little bit into how you got into the company so you went to Elmhurst when you were 15 you did your training there um you saw the car man we know that beautiful part of the story but what was that step that took you from a student in Elmhurst you graduated uh, I believe you worked on cruise ships for a couple of years uh mm-hmm. yeah tell us how are you now where you are now so I had a um a dance teacher who had something to do with the company or new etta in some way and he after the car man and I was just like raving about it to anyone who would listen he was like oh I'll get you into company class with the, with the company and I was like oh my god yes please do that um and so I was really lucky to come in and, and do class with the company a couple of times um and then an audition came up for Edward Scissorhands um and so I you know went along and I did really well in the first round um, but ultimately, I, I didn't get the job in the end, which I was really gutted about. Because like I said, I had this epiphany. I was like, this is the company I'm meant to be in. And then 
I didn't get the job and I was like oh okay like now what um so it was a bit of a, a shock moment um and that's when you know I figured out that um Matt did annual auditions so I was like okay I got a job on a cruise ship I'm going to go do that for a year and then I'm going to come back and audition again um which is what I did so I I yeah kind of took a year away knowing that I was going to come back and, and do it again and hopefully get it um but again looking back on that I think I was so classical and not right for the company the first time I auditioned particularly for Edward Scissorhands which as you know is a very character based yeah. show I wasn't kind of there with my acting um yet and then I went away on cruise ships and did all sorts you know and I think yeah. I developed a lot in my performance skills on the ship so that when I came back and auditioned the second time um it was for Swan Lake as you know which I did with you um yeah. I got the job so yeah again all meant to be you know looking back <laughs> yeah and I think it's so important for us to hear that story about you know sort of going back and trying again and and actually getting some life experience and uh, bit, and being resilient, where do, where do you think that resilience comes from? I, I wonder whether it's got something to do with the, the competitions. It sounds like it, you know, they sort of formed you into a quite a, you know, sort of, um, yeah, resilient dancer. Yeah, I mean, I think I've always been a, a little fighter and it hasn't, you know, I, I've not been one of those dancers who walked in and got every role and won every competition. And, and I think it's good to kind of have that wave so you learn how to take rejection and how to take, you know, failure in quotation marks. Um, and so, I, like I said, I was really disheartened when I didn't get in the company, but I was like, but I will, don't worry, I will. Like, and I just waited a year. Um, and that's another really full circle moment, you know, talking about Carmen was when I did Edward's hands and I played Kim Boggs, who is obviously the lead female role in that. Um, I was like, first time I auditioned for this, I didn't get it, you know, yeah. and now I'm playing the lead in it. So that was another real special moment for me. Um, but I do, I do love to tell that story to dancers because it's so easy to, to look up to me or to anyone and think like, oh, she's, you know, it's so easy for her. She's got these roles and stuff. And it's like, it, you know, I was rejected. I didn't do well in auditions. I, you know, and I, I like to tell people that because I, I always think it, um, it helps dancers to go, oh, okay, so it's not always just a straight line <laughs> to mm. the top, you know, it's up and down and to to learn how to ride that wave. Yeah, definitely. And you have, you know, you have a lot of loyal fans and followers and many of them are young aspiring dancers themselves. And apart from that beautiful um, piece of advice and gem of wisdom, what, what else do you like to, you know, sort of to tell them? What, what, um, what would you say to them in terms of their career or the impact that you that you your career would would like to have on them? Yeah, well, I mean, I I always aim to you know inspire, and as we said before, it's all for the audience, it's all for them, and you know, particularly during lockdown, I've taught a lot on Zoom, and I've got to connect with, a lot with the younger generation of dancers who are so resilient during this time. I mean, they're doing everything on Zoom. I'm like in awe of them constantly. Um, but I kind of just always tell them to to be as versatile as possible. That's something I wish I'd learnt earlier. And to not put yourself, you know, pigeonhole yourself into one thing because at the end of the day, we want to be on stage. We want to be performing. So you might as well give yourself the best chance of getting a job and that is by being, you know, the best you can be at everything. Um, and again, just to love it. And, you know, I get a lot of um, questions about audition advice and things like that. And you know obviously technique and everything is super important and we all know to work hard on that but 
you know, to go in with a smile and start performing even at the bar, even in class, because the end goal for every dancer is performance. That's the Mm. thing. Like we all want to be on stage. That's a skill that's kind of non-negotiable. You have to be able to perform. Mm. Um, So I, I really like to push that as well. I love that about you because whenever you're in class, it's like you're living your best life. And I'm like, yes, look at her go. And (laughs) I just, I just think, you know, some dancers can view classes, you know, sort of, uh, you know, it's it's quite a mechanical thing. You know, you see it in a certain, you know, you're warming up your body. But I love your perspective that it's just another opportunity to to do what you love and to perform. And and um, and also, I think in new adventures or in any company, you can't just be expected to be able to switch it on. Like, you you know, it, it has to be something that you are sort of practicing, mm-hmm. like, just like you're you're honing your muscles physically to do the work. It's honing that other side of your artistry, I guess. Exactly. Yeah. And that's, that's what I was saying with, you know, even going away on a cruise ship, I just suddenly you learn to use my face more and to look out at the audience more, even though it's completely different to the work I'm doing now. Like that was a skill that developed by repetition. Mm. And yeah, you've got to do it in class as much as, you know, tondus or whatever. Um, and I tell a lot of my kids at the moment, do it now while you're on Zoom. No one's watching you. You can be as silly as you want. You can be as over top as you want, you know, like use, use this time to practice that. Mm. And you're such an inspiration, I think, to to these young dancers. But when you were growing up, did you have any idols that, that influenced you that, you know, into the, the kind of artist that you are now? Um, I've always been kind of ever changing, ever evolving. Um, again, I get asked this question a lot and I always just want to have like one answer and be like, this was my person. <laughs> um, but and it was from a lot of different places, like I said, you know, lots of famous classical dancers you know I love the Royal Ballet so a lot of the Royal Ballerinas were you know posted on my walls um but like I said I loved musical theatre and yeah and and people that you work with as well and dance with even now and like I said Michaela Miazza like she was (laughs) kind of my dream person when I was watching New Adventures so um yeah just it was constantly kind of changing but live performance is where I got the most like go and see things I know that's hard now but when it's back, like seeing live theatre is what inspires me the most, even to this day. Amazing, thank you. Uh, <laughs> Ashley, we're, we're asking all of our guests to pick their favourite piece of music to dance to. Uh, so we're gonna play a little snippet of your choice. So everybody, this is Rain On Me by Lady Gaga and Ariana Grande. Why did you pick that song? Um, I just, I mean, you know me, I'm a bit of a pop queen. I love an anthem, a bop. Um, and it's, it's just, it's kind bop. of been my, it is a bop. It's been my lockdown tune. You know, it's such a feel good, makes you jump around. Um, and I think we just need all that positive energy right now. Love it. Love it. We were definitely having a little jig around then. Um, <laughs> and yeah, so you you mentioned that, you, you know, you love a night out and, you know, pop music and, 
t tell us because I think I think a lot of people have this illusion that you know professional dancers don't have fun uh and I know the new adventures we have a lot of fun so is that yeah. something that you like to do on tour is to go for a big night out oh absolutely it's like it's almost on the schedule as much as a show like a Thursday <laughs> night out is usually when we go and it's like yeah you're like oh I've got two shows and then a night out and then two shows again um yeah we love it and like you said new adventures such a fun company and we are one big family um yeah and we love going out and letting our hair down after doing shows and like I said we're touring so we're often away from our partners or families um you know so we've, we've only got each other so we like to go out and have fun and um see the see the city that we're in mm. well. so it is so important isn't it to let off let off steam and yeah. to to play hard as well as work hard for sure uh exactly. so I can't talk about music and not bring up Taylor Swift <laughs> yeah because I, I know that you love you some you know Tay Tay uh what what is it about her music that that you just hook into so so much I mean it's pure poetry <laughs> I adore Taylor Swift and I've loved her for you know since Love Story really and in a pandemic she's released two brand new albums which has just been like a godsend um yeah I just adore her I, I do think her lyrics are incredible it is like poetry um and lots of people make fun of me you know because not everyone's a massive Tay Tay fan but um yeah Tay Tay forever I just adore her but, but she is a real consummate storyteller really and you know that's what you do so uh, that makes sense to me because she does tell exactly. stories mm. she does big storyteller and this may sound really silly but um <laughs> we're born in the same year so like her development in music has happened at the same time as you know like she's always given you what you needed um you know we were teens together and then you know when she was more mature love was when you know it, that was happening for me as well so I just like really relate to her and her lyrics and um yeah she's she's my everything I love her <laughs> would you want to play her if if they were going to do like a dance show of her life Oh my God, can you imagine that? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> You'd be beating people away to get that role. Uh, have you ever danced, have you ever danced to a tennis whistle? Don't think I have, no. Never we like, that. we should, never properly. Should I mean, I use her for class a lot. Um, anyone who's done my classes will know, trying to do frappes to look what you made me do, very odd, but why not? <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Uh, moving into a more classical sensibility in terms of music, mm -hmm. uh, do you have a favourite piece of music to dance to um, on stage? So, you know, we talked about Rain On Me, maybe, you know, in the club or in the shower. Uh, what about <laughs> on stage? Um, well, I love kind of like the big Russian composers like Prokofiev um, and Minkus and obviously Tchaikovsky. Um, you know, Romeo and Juliet, the score is incredible. Um, not that I've danced that on stage. Um, probably in like, say, the Red Shoes, the, the section Cheap Digs, um, which is when Vicky and Julian are fighting in the bedroom. That piece of music, every time I hear that is, you know, just, just magic. Um, but yeah, once again, I'm not very good at picking one, am I? <laughs> um, <laughs> But yeah, I do. I just love that kind of big classical orchestra. Like, you can feel it in your bones. It like overtakes you. And I love that. And you get to dance occasionally to a live orchestra. What What's that experience like in comparison to dancing to, you know, pre-recorded music? 
yeah, I mean, live music is always, you know, so, so incredible. Um, and when we're at Sadler's Wells in particular, we always have an orchestra. Um, and, you know, it can be hard because the tempos change and it's live, that's so very different. Um, but the music is just is so powerful, you know, especially a, a score like the Carmen or something. It's just like, wow. And it, it, it enriches your performance as well. Because like I said, it kind of overtakes you and it feeds into the story just as much as we are. Mm. There's such a sim symbiosis between music and dance, especially, you know, in Matthew's work. And new ventures dancers are required, expected to be very musical. How... How did that skill develop for you? Did, did, have you always just felt like you, you're quite a musical interpreter with your body or is that something that you've had to sort of learn over time? I think that's definitely something that I've kind of always had. Um, you know, my dad's very musical. He plays guitar and, you know, I think it could have come from that perhaps. Um, and yeah, I'm, I'm definitely a dancer who really listens to the music and you know if I'm choreographing which is very very rare I'll listen to the music first you know it's, it always comes from that place rather than even you know an idea of a story or whatever um but yeah I think I think that's something that's just in in me mm. what music did you have when you were growing up and I've just got this image of all of you shores just you know having a bot by the pool <laughs> <laughs> um I mean, we were big Disney fans growing up. That was like one thing we could like agree on as a family. Um, and yeah, and musical theatre, which essentially is what Disney is as well, isn't it? Yeah. Um, but yeah, there were, there were six of us. There was lots of fights in the car over who had control of the radio or the TV player at the time. <laughs> yeah. Amazing. Okay, so um, we're kind of starting to wrap up our podcast now, sadly. Uh, but we are asking all of our guests uh, a bit of a fun question to sort of almost finish. If you could turn any story, film or book into a Matthew Bourne New Adventures production, what would you pick? Oh, this is always a hard one because, again, I get this a lot. Um <laughs> One thing, and I thought uh, I was being original. I was like, oh, this is such an original question. <laughs> such a great question. It is a great question because it's one of those ones once you start thinking, you're like, oh, maybe that or maybe this. Um, but I've always thought that he would be great at like Matthew Bourne's The Tudors and, you know, do like an Anne Boleyn, Henry VIII kind of vibe. You're quite I into that, that. Kind of period of history. I am. <laughs> I am very much so. Yeah. Um, yeah, I would. I think, and I think the drama of it all would go quite well with um, his style. Um, mm, I love that. Who yeah. would you be? I mean, I, I would love to be Anne Boleyn for sure. <laughs> the tragedy, the you know, she's a cheeky one, a bit of mm. a a mixed character would be quite fun to play. It's always fun to play a bit of a villain as well. I think. Yeah, I bet you're excited um, uh, about Sugar coming back. Hopefully, mm. yes. yes. Yes, she's very got, excited. She's got that side to her. Yeah. Uh, and I can imagine the Tudors, yeah, having like the most sumptuous costumes and set. And yeah, that would be exactly, really... Exactly, yeah. Les Brotherston would have a field day with that, surely. He'd be so good at creating such amazing costumes and things. Mm. Or I wonder yeah. whether Matthew would do a twist and he'd do the Tudors and, you know, like in the Modern style day. of Kardashians or something. I mean, again, right up my street. I Sign me up. <laughs> Let's pitch it. <laughs> Let's pitch it. Let's, Let's give them a call. Um, <laughs> Ashley, we're ending our podcast with a bit of a silly quiz. 
Uh, mm -hmm. It consists of 10 quick fire questions about dance. Uh, there's no pressure. It's just a bit of fun. Uh, and just oh. answer whatever whatever comes into your head. Okay. I do you... feel the pressure, I must admit. No pressure. I know that you love a quiz. Um, <laughs> are you ready? I am. Let's begin the Born to Dance quiz. Question number one. Whilst Matthew Bourne has run a dance company since 1987, the name New Adventures wasn't the original name. What was it called before? Adventures in Motion Pictures. Correct, yes. <laughs> Question number two. Grande and Chico are two versions of what type of Spanish activity? Dance? I need you to be more specific. What kind of dance? Um, flamenco? Yes, correct. Well done. Uh, their patron saint of dance and actors is who for question number three? Oh, I don't know. I don't know. Sorry, pass. Oh, it was Saint Vetus. Never heard of him. Mm. Uh, question number four. In 1962, Little Eva introduced what dance? The twist? No, incorrect. A few people have said the twist. It was actually mm. the locomotion made famous by one of your one of your people. It was. <laughs> okay. Question number five. Matthew Bourne has created productions to the ballet scores of great Russian composers Tchaikovsky and Prokofiev. But which of the two composed more ballets in their lifetime? Ooh. <laughs> I'm going to go Tchaikovsky. Sadly, no. Prokofiev did eight. Tchaikovsky only did three. Oh, so Learn something new every day, yeah. <laughs> uh, question number six, staying with the Russian theme, the Bolshoi Ballet at the Bolshoi Theatre in Moscow is one of the world's best known ballet companies, but what does the word Bolshoi mean? Big. Absolutely right, well done. Question number seven, what's are Hamilton House and Petronella? What are they? What, what are they? Um... No, are they theatres? I have no idea. Sadly, no. They are Scottish country dancers. Mm. Scottish. Mm. That's where my quiz knowledge fails me. <laughs> uh, question number eight. What was the name of the beguiling gypsy dancer in The Hunchback of Notre Dame? You've got to get this if you're a Disney fan. Esmeralda. Absolutely correct. Well done. Uh, question <laughs> number nine. Which 20th century ballerina was later edible? Oh, uh, Anna Pavlova. Yes. And the Australians and the Pavlova, they, yeah. They love it. Love yeah. it. Uh, and finally, question number 10. According to folklore, which hypnotic dance can cure a spider's bite? Hmm. Um, what would be hypnotic? A belly dance. <laughs> I've no idea. <laughs> Sadly, no, that's incorrect. Um, but I, I wish, I wish that that was the answer and you're not the first person to answer that. It was a tarantella, I guess, from uh, from tarantula. I guess it's come from that. Um, yeah. So, Ashley, you got a very respectable 50% of the questions right. Uh, you, got f you got five out of ten. So currently on our leaderboard, you are coming second after Sir Matthew Bourne. It's two Which out of is... two, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> it's two out of two last. at the moment. Yeah, so, well, last at the moment. At the moment. Um, but we'll, we'll let you know how we'll let you know how it goes. And to be fair, you don't really want to be beating Matthew Bourne. That would be a little bit awkward. That's true, that's true. I'll let him have that one. <laughs> uh, 
Ashley Shaw, thank you so much for coming on Born to Dance. It was such a pleasure to chat to you and to find out more about you and your love of dance. Thank you so much, Paul, and thank you for having me. You're so welcome. Take care. Bye.